0: Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back at the cartoons and shows and movies and whatnot of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I'm Sean. I'm Chris. And today we have a very special guest. Um, joining us today on the podcast is my fiance Kathy. Say hello.
1: Hi.
0: <laughs> now... Today we are going to be looking at a movie that uh, all three of us were very familiar with in our youth, and that movie was Ferngully.
2: I think this movie was a special request from Kathy, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I really liked this as a kid.
0: Now, what what made you want to go back and look at this one again?
1: Because that's when I began my path of being a hippie, I think. (laughs) 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 I cared more about animals and plants than I did people, even at, like, four.
0: So Ferngully was the genesis of that?
1: Yeah, probably. That and Little Mermaid.
0: (laughs) Do, Do you remember when you saw it? Did you see it in the theater, or was it, like, a home video?
1: Oh, for sure, at home.
0: Home video? Okay. I saw it in the theater. I remember seeing this in the theater. I don't, actually. I think I. I think the first time I saw it was, uh, was home video, too. My, I had a grandmother uh, on my dad's side who uh, she bought... That's what she did. She bought us movies. Movies, movies, movies. Had them all at the house. And th- that was one of the movies that I remember watching at her house a lot. Well, this came out in 1992... And so how old were we We in were in third grade. Yeah, so we were nine. I was six. You were six. Yeah.
2: So this for sure, and, and this came out in April of 92 in the U.S. and September of 92 in Australia. And it was originally supposed to be released in November of 91, but it was pushed back so as not to compete with Beauty and the Beast and instead went up against our old friend Rockadoodle.
0: Yay! <laughs> and I
2: think that's partially why I remember seeing this in a the theater because uh, there was a cheap theater near our house and we would go see movies at a lot and I, I remember like around the same time that both of those came out I was like yeah we get to see two movies like close together and it was great I mean we all know like rock Doodle wasn't anything amazing but I still stand by the music was good so yeah but
0: this is a different movie this is a different movie um this movie was it wasn't really so it wasn't a flop no uh, it, it wasn't. made money its total box
2: office was 32.7 and a budget of 24. But the big thing that I that I looked at was the VHS home video.
0: It so also was released on Laserdisc. And Laserdisc. <laughs> well, I'm sure all five people Do who own re- Laserdisc. Do you remember Laserdisc?
1: I hadn't seen a Laserdisc until I was 17 in high school.
0: My, really? My buddy, yeah. My buddy Josh. You've met Josh. Yeah. So Josh's dad had a Laserdisc. And at the point when I met him, when I was like... Because I met him right after high school. So I was like 18. The point that I met him over at his parents' house, his dad still had Laserdiscs. Did he really? He still had the giant VCR record player, Laserdisc player that was like the size of this table. It was massive. The first time I got to see a laser
2: disc in person was in junior high because my junior (laughs) high school actually had Laserdisc for some of its movies. And uh, I remember it was around the time of the OJ trial. Because I was in seventh grade and my teacher was like really into the OJ trial.
0: Did you watch it in class, by the way? I did. I watched it in class. We did, (laughs) And
2: so they brought the thing in and there was a laser disc uh, with the TV. And I was like, yeah, let's watch a movie. And I was like... Uh, Who wants to go home and go get a movie? And they're like, "This plays laserdisc." I was like, "What's that?
0: Like, it's like a record, but it's a CD." And I was like, "If you've never seen it when
1: you use it,
0: if you've never seen a laserdisc, it is literally a record-sized CD that you load into a giant frisbee disc tray." By the way, we're
2: drinking some Carl Strauss. uh, Well, well, Aurora Hopi Ellis IPA, and you are going a different route. Chris
0: is drinking some uh, some Carl Strauss. I am trying to polish off my Green Label Johnny Walker, so I have that with a bit of raw bit of ice. Because uh, I'm I'm watching my girlish figure and I can't I can't uh, suffer the calories of a beer.
1: Yeah, you need to be fit by the wedding. So. I do, I do. <laughs>
0: so, so Kathy's th- gonna drive, so I think she's doing no alcohol for now. Yeah. So I calculated it out. I think I think a shot or an ounce of uh, Green Label is like thirty something calories, so I'm okay. Man, I,
2: I should switch to booze.
0: You <laughs> probably should. It's it's more it's uh, more bang liquor. for your buck. Yeah, liquor. I guess. Liquor. <laughs> yes, liquor well, they got so bang
2: for their buck for this movie because they sold five million units of VHS. So what's the average VHS cost during say, the nineties? I, I would say twenty-five bucks. See, I get I low thirty bucks. I went way lowball and said ten. I just oh, said yeah. no. I know it's it's higher, but I'm like just for the sake of argument, let's just say that every copy they sold was bargain basement at 10 bucks a copy. They made $50 million. That's
1: pretty good. <laughs> That's
2: really good in 92.
0: Like, I'm, I'm kind of impressed. Oh, like, my God. Okay, so the equivalent, it says, I just Googled it really quick. For most of the 80s, movie studios charged anywhere from $79.95 to $89.95 retail price for most videotapes, but in most cases, consumer wouldn't buy VHS tapes at this price. Instead, retail sales were few, and most VHS tapes are sold to independent video rental stores for approximately $50 to $55 wholesale. Well,
1: yeah, because they get multiple uses out of it.
0: But that's still wholesale, so there's markup on those those VHS tapes. That was for the 80s, though. Yeah, no, the the price, so you could probably, like, have it. Yeah, but I still that's like
2: Okay, just, so $25, $30. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's $150 million. That's nuts. I'm
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you know what's you know what's crazy about this movie too is that I was I was reading actually a little bit after we watched the movie this morning, that basically every actor who was in it, which is why they were able to make it for so cheap, every actor that made this movie worked for scale because they all agreed with the environmental message. Yeah,
2: all of oh. them did. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, really cool. and and uh, I believe like some of the musicians too, because like they believed in the message.
0: Right? Yeah, and that was the that was the largest chunk of the uh, of the budget was was no actually no it largest was, chunk it was animation animation and soundtrack. Yeah,
2: and they were able to save a bunch of money in animation because this was uh, one of the early uh, examples of blending. CGI, uh, CGI and, animation and traditional with hand like, drawn. traditional
0: hand-drawn. Yeah, there was there was a couple points well, in it. You could definitely tell when they did Yeah, there was a couple it. points where I was like, oh, CGI, up CGI. With the leveler, for sure. Um, oh, yeah, the But, thing. you know, it's impressive. They, it
2: do, they did a good job. I mean, I'm not going to knock the CGI. It's not bad, especially considering the time period. Oh, yeah, I think no. they did a pretty good job. Yeah, This movie had a sequel. Have you guys seen it? No. I have not,
0: but you told me about it, and it sounds awful. It's called
2: Ferngully 2, The Magical Rescue, and I've seen it. Um, it's Krista in it. No, she's not in it. So it's it. just Pip, right? It's Pip's and then the rest of his biker gang. Oh, that, and that's the Bug it. Rider guys. Yeah, the Bug Riders. But did Cheech and Chong... No, ride- no, no.
1: They're the Lost Boys. That, he was Peter Pan and they were the Lost Boys. That's it. That's <laughs> the way that you imagine it? That's the way I see it. <laughs> well,
2: none of the original voice cast is in it, though. And I remember talking to my wife about this because uh, it's on Netflix. And they put we put it on for, for my kid. And... Um, I noticed that in the sequel, half the time they call him Pip, half the time they call him Pips. So the name would change back and forth, and it was really irritating. The story is awful. Like they're you know, at a carnival you know and it's Yeah. A fair no, carnival? It's
0: like, no, I don't know what it is. It's it's just some <laughs> You know why? You know why his name probably changed? And it's the same it's the same thing with like when you uh I noticed this, I think it was in Oblivion and the voice acting of Oblivion is when you had two different characters from two different parts of the game that were talking about the same character, sometimes it would pronounce the guy's name differently because none of those people who were recording that voice acting were in the same room. Oh. You know, so you yeah. had you had one guy who was like, like, "Oh, it's like a bargain pick. basement recording." Yeah, so that had, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, one guy's like, "Oh yeah, oh hey Pip, get off my nuts, Pip." And then another guy was like, "Hey Pips." You know, it's just it's just because they weren't in the same room. Like very, very few very few voice acting like sessions are done with everybody in the same room. It's usually no. That's true. you're by yourself, and you're by yourself, and everybody records their own stuff at their own times.
2: There are times though when they do. So in this movie, Cheech and Chong are both characters. Yeah, they're both uh, two of the the Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and they actually did their recordings in the room together. And what's interesting was is uh, their total amount of recording time was under an hour. Yeah, they they hadn't they actually hadn't seen each other in years. It was like six years, I think. Six or seven years, they hadn't seen each other uh, because you know they did like their their Cheech and Chong had like the stand up comedy routine, and then they did their movies, you know, like Up in Smoke and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of like sort of went their separate ways for a little bit and came back together, but they hadn't seen each other in a long time apparently. Uh, they they met up together. They they did the recording and then they left and went and had
0: dinner and then that was it. Yeah, they said that they worked for like an hour. They uh, they broke out and then they went to pe- they went to get pizza or something. Pizza. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I saw. It's so weird. So,
2: um, this movie also has a weird dedication to our children and our children's children. I noticed that um, at the end
0: and I said, what about our children's children's children? It's only two generations Because, they care Sean, about.
1: we can't forecast that far in advance. We're only gonna have, like, they say, what, 50 to 100 years until there's a big issue. So they were covering their 50 to 100 years.
2: I mean, I guess so. Uh, maybe they're just pessimists like me and they think we're, yeah. we're all gonna burn, but so. Like,
1: by the way, this is for the environment, but we're being realistic here. We're so,
2: fucked. So, Kathy just mentioned something really important. This is essentially, like, a environmental Message film. The whole purpose of this movie is to get you to care about the environment. And you know what? I have to say
0: that they do a good job at that too. And
2: I I was maybe that's why Kathy ended up a hippie. (laughs) No, that's exactly (laughs) yeah.
0: No, and and I have to say that even as a as a like really, I, I feel like it's a really overt hip like message that it's a it's a very much like in your face. Yeah, we are environmentalists. This stuff is bad. And even though that's the case. It's still an entertaining movie.
1: Well, they had to. It had to do it for, ki- for the kids. It wasn't for the parents. Kids, like, they need to be told, like, a hundred times before they're like, oh, yeah. I care. Like, but I, th-
2: I think, I mean, I-, I know what I know what you're saying, though, in that, like, they had, yeah, it's Sometimes like this... when
0: you get those activist movies, they tend to be, like, really ham-fisted about it. Yes. And so... it's just, like, a bad movie. And you're like, okay, I get it. Sort of like... Captain Planet, because that's what I like in it too. Oh, Captain- it's, it's
2: like an overt message, but in this case, the overt message is delivered in a way uh, that's still high quality. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I, a, uh, I, I was like, "No, oh, it's
2: a good movie. I liked it." Yeah, it, it had a s- feel I didn't feel like I was getting preached at. It's a 71 on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think a lot of people agree with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but right Fringe 2 is me. 35% with no reviewer score. Uh that's
0: all that's, that's all just viewer good. score.
1: No, I've
0: yeah. seen plenty of movies that are at like 9%. So You're tearing me apart. <laughs> oh man. Uh, there's a,
2: supposed to be a new movie about uh, the making of that. Oh, we will uh, we'll get I it. Can, yeah, I can't wait to see that. So th- this movie is directed by Bill Croyer. Um who actually teaches uh at Chapman uh which is in Orange. It's a local Lo- school for local us. college. Yeah, it's a local college uh here in Southern California. Um he's currently the head of digital arts at the Digital Arts Department there. Um I have to
0: say it was animated really well.
2: It was. So in 90s in 1977 he worked for Disney and worked as an animator on Fox and the Hound and later he left because he didn't want to work on The Black Cauldron, just like Don Bluth left. <laughs> Around the same time during Fox and the Hound. Yeah. So we got to do Black Cauldron now. Because I love, yeah. there's been several of these now where people left Disney because of Black Cauldron. I got to see it. I got to know. Uh, you've seen it, but I, I yeah. haven't what really seen it?
0: it. It's it's the like Black Sheep of the Disney theatrical animation release. It's a theatrical
2: release from the early 80s. Yeah, like 84. Uh-huh. 80-
0: it's three, based, on a, it's like based on
2: a book series. I think it's 81. It's 81, based yeah. On something Ooh. like that. It's based on a book series. No, yeah. no, no. I, I think it's like 84, 85. Yeah, I think so you're right. The, it's a, lot it's a of boy pe- and a monster, and there's bad guys and skeletons, and yeah, that's about as much as I remember. It's a lot uh, It's a lot
0: darker. lot like, it, dark. It's essentially yeah. the darkest Disney movie that's ever been made. And a lot of people, when they see it, they're like, how did Disney green like this? When you look it's at like. The, when you look at the other mm-hmm. stuff that they did up to that point, and then after, you're like, ah. I don't know.
1: All their movies are pretty bad. Well, but no, these, no,
0: if you cut and paste the
2: only the dark sections, like cut and paste the scene where Mufasa dies uh, and Scar says that he killed Mufasa. I cut and paste see. in uh, when Ursula gets impaled by a ship. Uh, or when she takes Oh so
1: you're going from that perspective Like maybe scary I was like there's some pretty terrible shit in all Disney movies Yeah so I mean if you
2: just take all the dark stuff Across all of them and just put it into one movie Apparently that's Black Cauldron yeah. I haven't seen it yet so that's just what I've read Yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll get to it uh, another, um, another thing is uh, He and Jerry Reese were the main animators uh, For the CGI sequence in Tron And Jerry Reese is best known for the Emmy nominated uh, Film The Brave Little Toaster I love the brave little toaster. that I be want be so to...
1: good. It's
2: sad as hell. It I it is. The oh, most
0: the... depressing part is the junkyard. Oh, I was gonna say oh. the electric blanket. No 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 No, the, the, the electric blanket the ju- is the saddest. No, the junkyard where all the where all the, the cars are like, that's it, I'm gonna die. And then they get crushed into the little cubes. Yeah, and they, they sing, sing that... they sing the song about how their lives are basically over.
2: Yeah, and no, I love that song. So I actually I can hear it in my brain. Yeah. You know, we'll put a description to uh, two of the the preview for Brave Little Toaster in our in our in our notes. <laughs> in yeah. Um, yeah, in case you want to get sad. Yeah, in case you want to get sad with us. Let's you know? get
0: sad. Uh,
2: this was produced by uh, Peter Feynman, who's the director of one of my favorite films of all time, Crocodile Dundee.
1: Oh, so good.
2: I love Crocodile Dundee. Paul uh, Hogan. He also. Do you guys remember the TV show Current Affairs? <laughs> yes, no. like the with the triangle <laughs> symbol. Yeah, that was the sound. I of know it. the it symbol. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah, so that was him. Uh, and then he he helped launch the FX TV network. Oh, yeah. Hey. Um, he did some other stuff too. Uh, Wayne Young, who's also a producer for this, he's the associate producer for Crocodile Dundee. Wayne Young, I believe, is the uh, the husband of Diane Young, who wrote the book that this movie is based off of too. Oh, because you know,
1: it was based on a book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and what's his Fringally? name?
2: Croyer Yeah. It's Croyer. not supposed to be very good though. I read some <laughs> reviews for the book and it says that it's like not great, but, but oh, that's a rare
1: case where it's worse than the movie. I
2: think the only copies you can find are out of print ones on like eBay, and they're not cheap. <laughs> yeah. I bet you um, someone's
0: digitized it somewhere. I'm if sure if I mind. could if I like no, look for it. Wasn't 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 the author of the book also Bill Croyer's like ex wife? I think. Uh it was somebody's ex wife. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: Wayne. I thought it was Wayne Young. Oh, maybe
1: everybody was, is somebody's ex wife. Yeah, somebody's somebody.
2: somebody. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I think, no, 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 I think, I think it was Wayne, uh, Wayne Young, but, okay. but at any rate, uh, we got to talk about the music because the music, the music is done I by thought- Alan Silvestri.
0: I thought the music was kind of the best part. All oh, the best the
2: music part. is totally the best part. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go into that even more as we go on, but the guy who, who like composed a lot of them, like, especially all this background music, which I also really like, you know what I'm talking about? Like that yeah. vocalized um
1: Well, they really move your emotions. Like the nineties was really big on that in general. I was telling Sean yeah, that basically she... at all the scenes where it wasn't like an actual song when they put music in, it was just to you make it have more drama essentially. Like to and intensify did... the feelings. And it works. It oh, does yeah, a totally really
0: good does. job. There was a
2: point where the Oh the inspirational uh music that plays yeah. like with the seeds and stuff. Uh, yeah. I love that. There was yeah. a there yeah. was
0: a point where where when we were watching it, she goes this music is so '90s. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's like,
1: well, it's because like she goes above the canopy and
2: it's all ominous, and you're yeah. like, "Well, I mean, it's,
0: it's Tone Loc and oh yeah, and, and Sheena Easton, so you can't get more '90s than and that." And I pointed this out because I didn't know he was singing it at the time, but the uh, the song, um, the song when they're listening to the forest oh um, i was like this sounds like raffi and she goes who's raffi i'm like raffi raffi you know wheels on the bus baby beluga my mom owned a preschool in my formative years so i was exposed to a lot of raffi you're, you're thinking of the song life is magic the plays in the beginning right the it's the song where it's
2: raining it's pouring. Yeah, yeah. yeah no that's th- that's not raffi in this it's no, that a guy Raffy. named john clegg
0: no, it's Rafi. I looked up the I looked up the uh it really?
1: later in the movie. It's not in the beginning.
0: No, it's it's that it's that, it's that it's raining, it's pouring. I looked it up in the in the uh the soundtrack. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I must have missed that. Well, then it is even
2: more 90s because <laughs> uh it's got fucking Rafi in it. I, I don't know how I missed that. That
0: his That's his, weird. His voice is like Yeah. Raining like magic, Rafi. Well maybe maybe he maybe the other guy like wrote the lyrics, but Rafi was
2: singing. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sylvester did like all the background music and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he composed for movies like *Romancing the Stone* and *Back to the Future*. Yeah, *Who Framed Roger Rabbit* too. And I, I hope we get to do that at
0: some. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's also yeah, it's favorite. one of no, my favorites
2: that too. That be so
1: sad because of the shoe. <laughs> I cried so hard forever, like days <laughs> over that shoe. Are you kidding me? No.
0: Oh. The worst part is when the shoe, when it's getting dipped, and it's like it looks up at him, like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I want to watch it again and
2: see if and see if Kathy cries, or maybe we should just get her really drunk and see how <laughs> yeah, how many sure drinks before crying. she starts to cry for when the I shoe. I killed your
0: brother. I don't trust.
2: <laughs> so, so did you happen? Without looking at the notes that I that I came up for us, when you looked at the cast, did you happen to recognize who Krista's voice is? No, because I, I recognized it right away. The voice sounds super familiar, but I didn't. Yeah, who is it? she was Princess Daisy in the Super Mario Brothers live action movie. <laughs> uh, that's so wonderful. her name is Samantha Mathis. Apparently, she worked with some of the, this cast and other stuff. But uh, yeah,
0: I, I love that movie because it's so bad. It's so bad. That, that's that's the movie that that's the movie that killed Nintendo's like feature film aspirations and not for just like Nintendo. 25 years. Everybody. That that movie just
2: destroyed the concept of making a video game movie. Yeah. We didn't get d- a decent video game movie till when? Ever? <laughs> Ever? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know how you felt about World of Warcraft. Oh, film, no, I but... liked that one, but
1: I'm saying, like, Prince Persia was terrible. <laughs> oh, like, God. Assassin's Creed did, like, horribly. I didn't every,
0: every movie that Uwe Boll got his fingers into. Oh, like Blood Rain and all of those? Blood Rain, <gasps> Alone in the Dark. Oh. And, and then, oh, then the oh, Resident, Resident Evil. Evil.
1: Resident Evil, yeah. Those are but, terrible. No, they're so good.
2: No. I love her. If they just copy and paste no. the Resident Evil.
1: <laughs> oh.
2: Yo, yovich yoyo multipass Yovic. my, she'll multipass for life yeah. multipass for life so some of the other voice here uh, Jonathan Ward is Zach um he's sort of like a nobody he did, I mean he did random parts for like Charles in charge um and the Beauty and the Beast uh, live-action TV series. Did you ever see that?
1: Oh, the live-action TV Ron series. With Ron Perlman.
2: Yeah, he, like, lived Probably. in the sewers. No, and then I, uh, actually,
1: I do remember this. Yes, I do remember yeah. this.
2: No, it's not good. I mean, yeah. it's a cult classic, and, and it's definitely worth watching, because uh, it's one of those things that's so 90s that you
0: just have to experience yeah, it for it what hurts. it is. Oh, it is. Probably, So, who would you actually, like, at the time... I was gonna say between at the time the, that this movie was made. At the time made, that this movie was made, between the next two people on the list, who do you think was the bigger star? Christian Slater. That's what I thought too. Yeah, so I was gonna say. So Christian Slater is in this, and you can totally tell Christian Slater's yeah. voice. He's sort of a, he's he plays a secondary character that's like a secondary love interest yeah. rival, but he was a
2: big deal at the time. Oh
0: my god, yeah. So so he was really
2: cool.
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right?
2: Uh, Christian Slater. No. Uh, was he? I don't remember. I mean, he's known for Heather's. Um... But I, I always remember him uh, from Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country as, was. as the Excelsior communications officer. Was that
1: the movie?
2: Yeah, one oh, of the okay. movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, he was also
0: in True Romance, which is one of my faves.
2: Yeah, he was in Broken Arrow with uh, John Travolta. That was like part of John Travolta's like kind of comeback. Yeah, and and that's that's one of the movies that uh, Samantha Mathis, the voice
0: of Krista, is in. Yeah. He also he also plays a recurring role on Archer. He plays Slater.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's on the new TV show uh, Mr. Robot
2: that's been out for a couple oh, of years. He's I a, a producer show. and title character in the show. Oh. I just so, like yeah. him. I just like him on Archer. So,
0: I think his character's hilarious. Oh, no.
2: Yeah, he is. Before we continue, though, just do you want to just give a brief rundown of what the story is? Well, let, let's get to the one other character. It's uh, okay, the, the, big, so, the big one is, uh, is... There's Well, there's two. I mean, for me... Th- The character... Oh, yeah, there is two big ones. So there's one character who is, like, the big name in the group, but the other one, for me, like... Is another symbolizer of the like 80s slash nineties, and that's Tim Curry. Tim uh, Curry, yeah, Tim, Tim Curry's Th- the
0: biggest
1: deal of the movie. Well,
0: Robin Williams <laughs> is in this too.
1: I know, but Tim Curry. I <laughs> was.
0: This was Robin Williams' first animated movie. It, it it was. He did it. He did it a couple months before uh, Aladdin. Aladdin. And, and, and this, but
1: they're like the same character, though. I'd like to point out that the genie and the bat were both very like similar, similar in personality. Well, that's
2: because so so for the for Batty, um, because this is. He was one of those guys, he was like a big star who decided that he was gonna like basically work for free. Um, or close to it, Robin Robin Williams was. Yeah. He provided fourteen hours worth of improvised lines for a part which was only supposed to be an eight minute roll. <laughs> there yeah. so is got a, Robin Williams. I mean, yeah. it's Robin Williams, so well, to be fair, he was probably
0: high on blow the whole time. Oh, I'm sure he was. He didn't get clean until the late 90s. I'm sure. I right? didn't you know that. I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure that, yeah. that 14 hours was like one long session that he did. No, 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 no. We're still going. We're still going. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep I going. should buy <laughs> <a boat. laughs> yeah.
2: Well, Tim Curry's in this too, and he was the one that I was thinking of. And maybe it's because as a kid, I, I watched Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, so like you you turned into a hippie and I was kind of raised sort of by a hippie and you
0: became a transvestite
2: is that where you go <laughs> yeah like, where's
1: this transitioning
2: hey don't judge okay do you look great in stilettos um, <laughs> uh, I, you know I don't know I was wondering uh, why you were makeup, wearing maybe
0: I was wondering why you were wearing fishnets. <laughs> Not today. Maybe another day. Oh, that was that was that other time, right? Rocky Horror um, is the best, though. I, so me, me and Fishnets is like putting Play-Doh through a strainer. It's just oh. awful. Oh. Oh. oh.
2: Hairy Play-Doh.
0: Oh. Oh. Yeah, super hairy Play-Doh.
2: So, Tim Curry is the man. And I know he's known for Rocky Horror Picture Show, which, of course, is kind of like what I know him for. But I always remember him from Clue. Yes. Oh, the I love him
0: for, in he's Clue. He's
2: so good in uh, Clue.
0: And also Muppet Treasure Island. Now, um, I have to say that probably the first the first movie that I can recollect as a child that I remember seeing him from was from Muppet Treasure Island. And so that's my first impression of him. And I don't know a lot of people's first impression of him is either from Rocky Horror or from It because he played Pennywise in It. Oh, so that the, was the
2: other one that I knew him from as a kid too. So the
0: the people that saw It that had this horrific fear of clowns, when I saw It eventually after I'd seen Muppet Treasure Island, I was like, oh, it's Long John Silver. That's not scary. Well, That's i I had already seen by the time I
2: saw it, I had already seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, so it's for Frank me, I was like, "Oh, it's Frankie Ferner." So, like, I would laugh when I would. I mean, he does a great job. It is the most frightening version of it you could possibly imagine. Oh, he is it, brilliant. In this movie? Yeah. Uh, in It. Uh, Tim oh, Curry's yeah, version of yeah, yeah. It. We have um, to float down here. Tim Curry plays plays the villain in this movie named Hexis. Um, and he does such a good job.
0: Oh my god. This, he... He, like, he hams the shit was, out of this There character. was no scenery left because he had chewed all of it. It was gone. There was like... <laughs> He's just. You know what, though? He does it kind of for every role. And no, it's not that's intentional. What he, that's what he does. He's a character actor.
2: Yeah, uh, he, he goes full bore. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like, uh, David Spader, who also kind of like chooses yeah. the scenery. Like, it doesn't make. Like, the rest of. Like, David Spader's in Blacklist, which personally, I mean, the show's okay. Like, it's like, whatever. The rest of the cast is okay. But, god damn it, David Spader's so good. That I like, I just wish I could copy and paste all the stuff he's in in that show, put it together, and just watch that. And then I wouldn't have to pay attention to the rest of it. I feel like I'd get enough out of it, you know? But that's kind of how Tim Curry is for a lot of
0: stuff. Yeah, he's just, he's just, he's gregarious and ostentatious and.
2: The other thing I always remember his voice from is Bloth from um, uh, The Pirates of Dark Water. I don't even
0: know
1: what
0: that is. Oh, it was a show that only ran for like. 12 two, 2 years was it 91 and 93 but how many episodes cuz i don't think that there were that it's many it's like episodes. a 70 something it was one of those episodes. it was one of those shows where like there was a very clear goal and they never reached it and then the show ended <laughs> <laughs> it was they to
2: were, sell toys yeah there's a super nintendo game and i played it yeah. I, actually i have it on my on my raspberry pi at home nice uh it's it's not bad it's like it's a mediocre side scrolling
0: beat em up but i actually liked that I liked that show. I really liked that show. It was yeah, blog and um, the what
1: well, his name? Blog, Blof,
0: Blof, Bluff.
2: He was he was a, a second in pirate. command. Yeah. He wasn't the the lead guy, but he was the second in command. I was, he became the bad. He became like the big bad in that show, right? It was no. He what? was always second in command.
0: Who was the captain then? Uh
2: the big the big captain. I can't ever remember his name. But
0: but his second in command always like stole the show, and his name is oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. And then you had Nibbler, the monkey bird. Yeah. And, uh, God, what was the, what was the main character's name? Uh, God, I can't remember, but he, he one of his buddies who was like a pirate, the one with the
2: dark the, hair. The giant sword. Yeah. And the, the Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his trademark, uh, phrase was always Neu-Jetat. Jittat- yeah. I remember Don't that. ask me why I remember quotes from a cartoon show from 91, but I do. Yeah. So screw you.
0: So this, this show, what, what's the plot of this show? So this is, like we said, a very much an environmentally friendly show. So you have um, loggers
2: f- in Australia cutting yeah. down trees, and I
0: have to say, until you told me, I, there was nothing in my brain that told me that this was Australia. But then watching it, knowing it was Australia, you I can't was, unsee it. I was like, "Oh, cassowaries." His license says New South Wales. Aboriginal artwork. Aboriginal artwork. You had kangaroos. Like, yeah, uh, I, I had no idea the the goanna.
2: Yeah, that I mean,
0: tone low plays.
2: It, it's but it's weird because. Nobody has an Australian accent, Mm-mm. and they're out there logging, uh, like basically this Australian rainforest uh, in an area that's real, by the way. Yeah, yeah it, Mount it's Warning. Actually,
1: it's based on the oldest rainforest in the world.
2: Yeah, Mount the Warning. One it's one around Mount in Warning Australia. in Australia. Yeah, and it's a real place. And I knew it was supposed to be in Australia when I was a kid because I was like, "Why is there kangaroos? It's got to be in Australia." But outside of that, I never, like, bothered to look up, oh, it's in Mount Warning, and the animators went to Mount Warning, and they, like, looked at the area and, like, drew shit to figure out what stuff looked like, and... But the loggers, they look like Pacific Northwest loggers
0: with like plaid yeah. and like beanie. That's beanies. what you look
1: like if you attack trees. You uh, look like you're from the Pacific Northwest harvesting.
0: You look trees. like an American cutting down trees. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently, damn Americans <laughs> coming into
2: it's a, everybody. It was like some weird, vague version of Paul Bunyan. Yeah. Except for Zach, who's
0: wearing like a like a blue
2: tank top. Surfer boy. Yeah, he's yeah, like an Australian
0: surfer boy. So you had you had these loggers that. Indescript logging company Cutting down, dry, down trees Cutting oh, down trees. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and one of the guys And had, then a kid gets shrunk by a fairy And then they kind of go on an adventure And a big evil a lo- tree Filled with an adventure. evil spirit uh, Gets cut down, takes control of the loader And tries to destroy the fairy home And they fight back in the end
0: That's basically the story, right? You know yeah. what's funny is yeah. this story And as I was thinking about it I didn't say it while I was watching it But the, the story of Of Zack and Krista It's a redemption story Well no The human and The human and the fairy It's absolutely The Dances with wolves No 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 It's it's, (laughs) I was gonna say It's it's absolutely Like a um, A cookie cutter Romantic comedy Oh that's yeah, it is.
1: Said. I was saying how, like, they always force like like a relationship or a love interest in kids' movies. Why do they do
0: that? But it, it wasn't it wasn't even that. I mean, yes, you're you're right. They you're do, totally they right. Do force yeah. it, but but I'm saying more like they have two th- characters who don't have anything in common. They, they get bond together over time. They have a fight for no Wait, good they reason bond over
1: like two days.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, and then they <laughs> fight for something stupid. They, and then they fight come over, together. They
0: fight over a misunderstanding or or them someone trying to cover something else up. And that's exactly what happens. That's you know, like it's all. That sounds like
1: all oh, children's. But, stories
2: well, it sounds like every rom com that I've been made to watch. In exactly. My lifetime, no, that's what
0: that's what I'm saying. Is like all I ha-
2: like I saw like watching the watching this movie because I thought about that and all I could think of was like oh, it's just like a bad J Lo movie, like Sleepless in Seattle going on right here. Well, that too, yeah. yeah. But I was thinking, like, that that string of, like, rom-coms with J-Lo from, like, the early 2000s. The Wedding Planner. The ones that, like, Matthew yeah. McConaughey and Made stuff. Made in Manhattan. They're, yeah, they're all the
0: same, but they're terrible. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I and want it's to like you
1: know all these names.
0: <laughs> I didn't know the names <laughs> of any of these. I really... Uh, no. Failure to Launch.
1: Wow, so Sean has a secret love for so rom coms.
2: So Kathy's gonna leave later, and apparently Sean's gonna get me drunk and put on rom
0: coms. Um, There's nothing. fun... Okay, no. So that's that's the thing. That's the thing that's so frustrating because the formula is so overused. And I saw it. I saw it right away in this movie. Is that is so? What happens is Zach works for the he works for the logging company. company He's and, like a
2: summer worker. He's like a yeah. scab.
0: Yeah, and right? he he yeah. comes down from the city and they make a point to say, Oh, these city boys don't know what the, they're doing out here in the jungle and he's his job is to just mark the trees with, with the spray a big paint. red X. Which yeah. is
1: not necessary because they, they literally chop down. down everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they just put a giant X over it all and say, Fuck it. The the
2: so the the, the machine that they use to, to level the forest is actually called a leveler. Yeah. They actually call it a leveler. So so why would you mark the trees
0: when they literally level the forest, because because they had to have the, they had to have that scene where he's they trying, needed the plot device yeah. the,
2: the the MacGuffin
0: yeah the, we, right. where he's well he, yeah they had to have that scene where he is trying to kill a fly and he's spraying it with his spray can and, and accidentally sprays X, an X yeah, on X, the
2: on the evil tree on the evil tree filled and, with a world destroying evil villain who's killed by a seed
0: yeah yeah oh spoiler alert
2: I don't give a shit whatever <laughs> so. So uh, then, so then, uh, we get a bat in this movie, uh, who like comes out of nowhere. And he's a fruit bat. He's a fruit bat. And his name is Batty. Uh. Do <laughs> you think they wanted to call him Fruity at first?
1: I, <laughs> I don't know.
2: They, I, that kind of would have been a good name. Yeah.
1: Fruity? Was oh, Batty about a good figgy? name? He ate a lot of figs.
2: Yeah. He did.
1: That's all he
2: ate. But like when you say Figgy, I think of, bring me a Figgy pudding.
1: Well, maybe it would have been
0: more appropriate. Who knows? Well, it's played played by Robin Williams, so instead of a fruity pudding, it would have been a bowl full of Coke. (laughs) And and definitely this is Robin Williams hamming it up to the extreme like he normally does. I mean, I think in this time period when he was doing voice work, people just gave him free reign. Because if you've ever seen his old comedy shows from like the late 80s, early 80s. And and, and into the early, yeah. Like, basically, the guy was high on coke the whole time. And but got- he
2: was so fucking he brilliant. so funny.
0: Nobody cared. It so- was a stream of consciousness comedy where he would just talk about whatever came into his mind. And I feel like that's how he approached his voice acting because he would just improv everything. I don't even know if he had lines. I don't know if he had a general outline of what he had so- to say or if they based the movie around what he said. Well, like, I think most people know he went to Juilliard, right? Yeah. But he got a full
2: scholarship to Juilliard. So when he ended up there, one of only two students uh, were accepted into this advanced program at the school that year. It was him and Christopher Reeve.
0: Oh, oh, and he was good friends with Christopher Reeve.
2: They were best friends. So much so that when Reeves had his accident, um, he financially supported Reeves and his family until
0: Reeves' death.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Good guy, yeah. Robin Williams.
0: Yeah. Good like, guy, Rob. um,
2: Robin
0: Williams is just a good guy. Like, they, like that's all. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, like, when, despite
1: having a, an addiction to drugs, he still didn't abandon his friends. He'll he still be a good guy. And later, loved. when
0: he was clean, too,
2: hope like, for all of us, there was, like, there was, after he died, there were stories that came out, like, of him sitting in a donut shop and seeing uh, people, like, upset and in all black and mourning. And he just, like, he left him alone and then he walked over. Uh, bought them all donuts and then sat down and like entertained them to try and cheer up their spirits for like a half an hour and then he left. Like, I <laughs> he, mean, was, he was
0: definitely a genuinely good human being. Yeah, oh, no, for no, all no. for all
2: of his faults, he was a genuinely good yeah. human being. He was also well known for his philanthropy. I mean, everybody knows him for you know Goodwill Hunting and Mrs. Doubtfire and uh, the Birdcage and Good Morning Vietnam the and cage. stuff, right? Yeah. I, I and Popeye. The Popeye. No, is
1: the I love
2: Popeye. <laughs> that was part of his dark period when his cocaine usage was really high. It's worth watching just to kind of see <laughs> yeah, what
0: high amounts of cocaine does to Robin Williams' brain. He actually <laughs> wasn't doing a Popeye impersonation. That was just a cocaine fucking with his head. He's like, <laughs> it kind of it almost got to the point where he.
2: It's like he was doing so much coke that he mellowed out because he's. <laughs> No, seriously. It's, it's like because like, he mellowed. It's like in that for ep- Popeye.
0: <laughs> it's like in that episode of Futurama where everybody gets the three hundred dollar rebate tax rebate, and Fry uses it to buy three hundred cups of coffee. <laughs> And then he feels like he's got to drink them all. No, he drink. No, it's a hundred cups of coffee. That's but like is. he does it like in one go. No, no he he right? does it. He does it consistently. And by the time he drinks, like by the time he gets to his his 99th cup, he's like shaking. He's like ah, and he gets he gets his hundredth cup and he drinks it. And as soon as he drinks the hundredth cup, it like like a, a an aura goes over and he's like. And he he like he yeah. reaches enlightenment and he starts moving at super speed and he just like he can see everything you know what that scene reminds me
2: of is in Space Odyssey two thousand one when it gets to the trippy shit at the end you mean the last thirty fucking minutes of that movie <laughs> yes I do I do mean that bullshit uh, bullshit I fast forwarded through that and it took ten minutes I think it's genius um, so uh, Magi or uh, whatever the, the the leader Magi, yeah. magi uh, she was played by a woman named uh, Grace uh, Zabris- uh, Zabriskie, but she hasn't really done much. Um, the Magina, ra- <laughs> the, the Magi, na. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: so one of the loggers' names is Ralph, and he's played by uh, Jeffrey Blake, um, Ralph who is- hasn't done a whole lot. He was in like, but he was in Contact and Young Guns and Forrest Gump and Young stuff. Young Guns. Always, he was always like big characters and stuff. Yeah. And then what was the other guy? Tony. Tony, now this guy is kind of interesting. His name's Robert Pastorelli and I remember him because my parents used to watch Murphy Brown when I was a kid. Don't and know what
1: that is. You guys make so many Candace references from like my brain. Cand- is. Yeah,
2: and and he was the house painter and I, they had like a relationship or something. He was in Dances with Wolves. He was kind of a big deal like in the late 80s early 90s. Um and I put it in the notes. I was like, I'm not sure if we want to discuss a suicide after being named as the prime suspect in the homicide of his girlfriend no, five no, 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 years no, no. prior or not. But it's interesting. No, uh, no, 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 no.
1: Interesting fact. <laughs> yeah.
2: Hashtag downer. Uh, um, Bring it down. Not. But it is kind of interesting. But Cheech Marin is in this. Uh, he's uh, his character's name is Stump, which is weird.
1: He's one of the. He's the little guy. One
2: your Lost Boys. Yeah,
1: he's yeah. <laughs> the Lost Boys. I didn't
2: know what any of their names were until I looked. Uh, until I was doing research for
0: the show, I didn't know what they were supposed to be because the they. are Beatles. I mean, well. D- were they rode on? No, beetles. they rode. Beetles, I think yeah, though. but
1: they, maybe they're not flying ones. So they're they, like centaur that?
0: beetles. They called them. They called them beetle boys. See, <laughs> yeah, I they
2: are. I thought they were centaur beetles as a kid. I thought it was like lower half was a beetle, upper half was like. But then but the, one, like the, the one, the but one, the got, got, got off. Not knocked, got knocked Yeah, off. got knocked off. I think his name's Auk The the little guy.
0: Yeah, I don't. Um,
2: know. But yeah, Cheech Marin, so if you don't know who Cheech Marin is, he was one of the the hyenas in uh, The Lion King, and he's in Cars, and Cars 2, and Beverly Hills Chihuahua, he's done a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's a comedian. He's
1: super into not being a human. He's always a dog, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically.
2: Um, Tommy Chong, of course, who was on um, That 70s Show, um... Interestingly enough, uh, when he was j- he was put in prison basically for selling bongs. There was like a Tommy Chong <laughs> Tom bongs. I know what a surprise, right? Uh, so Tommy Chong ended up uh, spending time in jail uh, from two thousand uh, almost a year in jail because he was selling bongs. As part of a business, this is the back. Be, in, the best part was this is 2004. His his roommate was Jordan Belfort, who's the original uh, cellmate, cell not his roommate, his or, cellmate,
0: cellmate. Yeah, Whatever.
1: Sound pretty. <laughs> hey, well, you know, a well, uh, low you
2: may, security no, prison. No, you, made, so it, it, you like, made it
0: seem like you made it seem like it was after he got out. Like, oh, he roomed up with Jordan Belfort. W- w- no, no, Wolf but of Wall but Street. he's the
2: reason why Belfort decided to write his book, and the reason so. in, we
0: got to see a whole lot of uh, what's her face. Margot, Robbie. Margot Robbie. I was about to say really? Margot oh, Kidder.
1: Responsible for Margot Robbie. Yeah, well, I, I guess love so. Her, yeah. so. that's pretty good. Well, I mean, <laughs> she
0: she made it big in Wolf of Wall Street, and oh, he, he wrote that book, and he, he yeah, he's what that book is based off. He of. is he, Wolf he, of Wall. Oh, he's Leonardo DiCaprio's Speed? character. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love Margot Robbie. So
1: that's, that's why
0: we get to see scene. all
2: of Margot Robbie. Yeah. Oh, I, I
1: haven't seen that movie. It's like
2: it's kind of like how the only reason for a guy to watch. Uh, oh um Magic, uh, Magic Mike? Mike is Magic Mike is the first 5 Oli- minutes with, the, Olivia with Olivia Munn. Olivia oh, yeah. Munn. I hate
1: her. <laughs> I hate her
2: too, but
0: we hate her for different reasons.
2: Yeah, no, I I hate her for the same reason you do. But it, wait, why do you hate her? Um because ha- she's not as funny as I think she no, as I, I think she thinks she is.
0: I hate her because she's dating Aaron Rodgers. Oh. You hate her because yep. the same reason that she hates her. Um, well, she's dumb. I mean, I don't
2: hate. I mean, I think she's, I think she's probably pretty intelligent, uh, listening but to interviews ever with her. she doesn't
1: show that. She's just like, aha, I'm a nerd girl. I think what
2: unquote. it is is she's, she's made really, really poor decisions for casting. Like she shouldn't have done X-Men. Like it was not good for her career. She basically did a character for like all five minutes in a movie that didn't do well or was reviewed well. She had no lines and was essentially a sex symbol, which like, is the exact reason why she didn't take another, uh, Take up another particular job, and like it made no sense to me. So, I don't want um, her to die, I just don't want her to be anymore. Oh, no, she's no, I,
1: like, I mean, she's she's, I
2: like she's super hot, so like she can stay around as, as fine. She's and, super and she hot seems you're, interesting, but she's super hot to you because she's half Asian, she's and that's super, half that's your bag. No, I'm I, my bag is no, like anything, yet. like that. <laughs> my bag is anything, like I'm just like not, yeah. Like it's kind of my All bad, right, but like not, right, not my bad. Let's move on. Let's
1: move on. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. Talk more I about mean, it's
2: things. not. It, it, the thing is, is, okay. If we're gonna be real here, like I just, I'm not super into white girls. It's, that's it. It's okay. I'll.
0: You'll take, de- you'll <laughs> take your fiance for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll
2: shoulder that burden. <laughs> I volunteer. Uh, did you notice that Michelangelo is in this? I did not. <laughs> so Michelangelo from the TV show, who's also the tech. You know, we discussed this before. Townsend mm-hmm. Coleman. Uh, he's one of those dudes. One of the one of the biker, but yeah.
0: His name's Naughty. Is he the one that like chews okay. on his hair? Uh, I, guess, yeah. I don't remember. Well, oh, the one with the big tongue. And then of the course, one the like snail shell doesn't talk. And then Tone
2: Loke is in this, of course, like Funky Cole Medina and Wild Thing. You don't know those songs, and uh, Danny Mann is in this. He's uh, Hector from Heathcliff, and um, he's Backwoods Beagle from Ducktales, and he's been in a bunch of other stuff. <laughs>
0: Backwoods Beagle, yeah. do you remember all the that
2: stupid Beagle, Boys. all the weird Beagle Boys, and then their Beagle cousins. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's 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 a lot of stuff about this that's like far more interesting. But but let's just talk about the movie though. What what did you think about? Like, what do you think is the best part of this movie, Kathy?
1: The colors. It was super bright, and I loved the animals because there was like a platypus. So it's the same reason
2: that a five year old <laughs> loves Pokemon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> would, like, if you think about, like, when you're really little and you're watching something, you want it to be, like, really visually pleasing. And, like, as an adult, the animation really isn't that great. It's not bad. Because I was telling Sean that, like, they literally took Chris's face and copied and pasted it and put it on other bodies. They were, like, they different did. tone or different yeah. hair color. They didn't have a whole lot they of there models. Was no, yeah, there was not a huge variety of fairies. So when it comes to, like, the characters themselves, it wasn't that great. But, like, the backgrounds and, the, like, the trees and the flowers and the animals, yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah,
0: just the, go- the goanna character, Tone character. He's, he's like so a bright he's a multi-colored yeah, and he's so
1: goana. fun. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm like, when you're like a little kid, you're like, oh, I really like all of it. It's very cool. It's like trippy when you're five. It's <laughs> the same
0: reason Zabumafu is popular. I get, yeah. Oh,
1: Probably, though. but I don't know. I thought that was the animation for that part was great. And I liked the story because it's easy to follow and it kind of made sense despite the whole forced love. All they did really though was just kiss and it was like over.
2: Did, so, did you ever see James Cameron's avatar? Yes. Okay. Did you know that this movie it, it's like widely discussed online that apparently James Cameron's Avatar is essentially a ripoff of this movie? Oh, it
1: is. It it's a hundred
2: percent like a ripoff, and I did. I didn't place it. So when when Avatar came out, I remember I saw it. In the, I waited to was out a while because like fuck this, I don't want to see dances with Smurfs. But then, <laughs> but then I was like, it's made a billion
0: dollars. I gotta go see it. It's actually the only movie I've seen at IMAX.
1: Yeah, I Oh, is it one really? I've yes. seen other ones in IMAX. I've seen an IMAX 3D and I've seen it I like twice. I don't regular. fit in
0: the IMAX seats. There's
2: a there's an IMAX movie on um that was about the great the um it, it's about like all of the national parks. It's supposed to be really good. Uh, it's uh it's uh, voiced like by the it's the, the voiceover is uh, Robert Redford.
1: Oh fun fact actually, Dream Host, we got to go to James Cameron's private theater to watch Avatar. I did not go because I had like school that night. But yeah, so a lot of Bummer. my coworkers have been to his private space. Well, you know,
2: it just goes... I mean, just watch it. It's not terrible, but it's just... It's not... So you've never seen it?
1: I've seen it after... I've seen it like oh, three yeah. or okay. four
2: times. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you hadn't seen it. Okay. No,
1: I've seen it. It's totally a blame ray. But right? I, I, I had not even read any reviews about it. And when I went to it, I was like, okay, so it was Ferngully? <laughs> like, that's all it was.
2: Yeah, and, and, and I think it's important to mention because for those who have... Who either don't remember this movie or who haven't seen this movie. I don't if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Fern Gully then stop listening and fuck you. No no, 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 no.
0: Finish finish no. the podcast and then go watch okay. it. Okay. And then uh, fuck yeah. you. No, and yeah. then <laughs> fuck you
2: because Fern Gully is as so... softly as possible fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm I'm bringing it a hard so, so style. Right.
0: <laughs> Fern Gully like the
2: pillow, you're absolutely, going in dry. <laughs> it absolutely yes I am. Oh. Uh, just yeah, friction all over. Fern Gully 100% represents the kind of stuff that we cover. I feel like it is it is so much like a like a trip down nostalgia lane. It is a hundred percent like the kind of movie that somebody even if you're younger and you grew up in the 70s, you you probably saw this back in back in '92. I'm sure you did. Yeah. I mean, my so I show this to I show this to my kid, and I've talked to you about this uh before. <laughs> I my kid loves this movie. She, well, first of all, to mention, we recorded Rockadoodle. We had kind of a break in our recording schedule. We recorded Rockadoodle a little while ago, and she is still watching Rockadoodle. Like months later, she's still watching Rockadoodle.
1: My brother watched it the same age as Eleanor, and he watched it for th- like three years straight. He also bought a chicken <laughs> suit because he was so obsessed <laughs> with Rockadoodle. He wore that everywhere.
0: You should get that chicken hat for him for his birthday. Well, neck. she's still she's from,
2: one watching one from this Metal movie still. We watched this like just the other day. She, in fact, she doesn't even care that much about the movie. She just wants to see Toxic Love.
1: Yeah, because it's the
0: best. Oh, let's, let's talk about Toxic Love. Let's talk so, about to, Toxic. So love. there's a
2: bunch of songs. In fact. Every song in this movie is memorable. There's a rap by by Robin Williams as called the Batty Rap, very much
0: that Sean hates. Very okay, because it's very much an early nineties rap, and I don't. That's like, why it's great. Because early
1: nineties rap is amazing. My name like, is
0: Batty. My logic is erratic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. my name is Bette. My logic is erratic. Oh my god! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! It's like French. It's like it's like original Fresh Prince. Get yeah, me yeah, another so one. Get great. me another animal. Yeah, no, he. So I mean, he hands. All it of up our and cosmetics does, are non carcinogenic.
2: He he does a good job for like what it is. And when I was a kid, I think I memorized the shit out of this song. But as an adult, going back and watching it, it's kind of grating.
0: Yeah, uh, but toxic love. To me, it's a little grating. Toxic
2: love is so good. So good. So when we were originally discussing doing this, and you you agreed to do this. Uh, I think we were joking about how this should be the song that plays at your wedding when you guys have yeah, your first like dance. Yeah, like our first
1: dance. So we'll start one song and then, like, Lupus. I'm minute.
2: still on board with that. I'm not. But I think, so, so Toxic Love has the version that plays in the
0: movie. And there's a description, there's a link to the description in that. Which, which that version, because I know where you're going. That version by itself, which is an edited down, condensed version of this song. It's it's a whitewashed. It's like a two minute version. You know, Lysoled version of this song is still very sexual. That's because well, Tik
1: Curry singing it.
0: Well that's true. I mean you still have Frankenfurter singing the, a song he's about it up. the song is called Toxic Love and the lyrics in the theatrical release are very much explicit. They're so, well well there's a feel no, of it too.
1: There's some,
2: Okay, yeah. so... Because it's a,
0: like a burlesque song. Yeah, the song... Is, yeah, that
2: we were trying to figure out what it uh, what it was, and I was saying it's like this kind of bluesy, more jazzy, to, uh, with, especially
0: with the tempo. Yeah, it's uh, like a jazzy, bluesy, burlesque song. And it song. feels
2: burlesque to me. You can just
0: imagine some chick with tassels just spinning them while they're singing. It was written for <laughs> Tim... I
2: feel like it was written specifically for Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's so good, though. And uh, God damn it, and I love this song so much.
1: Yeah, it's really good. Like,
2: like look... As I'm watching it, look in my, uh, like, underneath my kids, like, weird colorings, like, in my notepad. Uh, <laughs> the
1: spiral.
2: I, I've got, like, toxic love is the best. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song so much. It's so good. And there's a weird longer version that, like, made it onto the, uh, like, the soundtrack. That has more explicit lyrics. And we're, we're going to put a link to that also. Yeah. But there's an even longer version that neither of us can find but I've seen reference to that is even more sexually explicit. So the one that's like the middle ground still talks about how pollution makes him horny and... No, it's I know. It's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah.
0: Like it's especially just, for kids, it's PG. Like it's kind of odd, Just you know? just the end of the chorus when he goes, "Do you love my ah ah, ah toxic, toxic love. love?" He's talking about his dick. He doesn't have a dick, Sean. <laughs> he's he can, talking about he's the his, sludge. He's talking he can about make his sl- dick whatever oh, he wants. Oh, you want sludge? He's got sludge for you. You might have to wipe it off your chin, though. You'll <laughs> shoot it all over the place.
1: Well, he does. I mean, like essentially, when he's like ripping at like the oh yeah, he's grime. Like, kind of,
0: like just all over
1: the I, place.
0: I I love this song so much, and like, and I this know, is definitely one of those things where he hams it the fuck up, I and you're so thankful he does yeah. too. Yeah, you can just imagine. You said you saw a video of him singing it. Yeah, I, like, I'm also gonna put a description okay. to so, that too. So, not having seen the video, I just imagine him just like almost filleting the mic. No, he does. just
2: so in the video, the lights are really low. It's got this like kind of blue hue. He's wearing this kind of tannish brown, like light brown suit. He's <laughs> like a lounge singer. It, it's And it's sort of loose-fitting like the suits were in the 1990s. And he's got one hand in his pocket, and he's like and fucking the other one mouth-fucking the mic. Honestly, oh,
1: so I know
2: what the other hand is, so... Well, yeah, so he's like pocket-pulling slash like mouth-fucking the mic. And it's... You know, I don't even care. You're you're going to watch this movie and you're going to rewind it and watch the song again. You totally yes. will. The other song that I think most people will probably watch again is the Land of a Thousand Dances, the the um, one that's playing on his uh his Walkman. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely so, heard that. I mean that that's the a, movie. that's a famous song. Yeah. So so that so there's some band that pl- that that does a version of it in this one. Um that uh, my kid calls it nana. She she wants to listen to Nana, but it's, but it's called Na nana nana Na. Yeah. Nah,
0: nah, nah,
2: that was actually not part of the original recording of this. So the um, original recording, the first version of this song, came out in the 1960 early 60s in 62 by a guy named Chris Kennan. And it's like kind of bluesy. I'll you guys I'll let you guys listen to it later. And I'll put it in this in the description too. And it's super bluesy, and then they added in the nanas later. And the guy who's, like, really famous for this is Wilson Pickett, if you guys have heard that name. That's why. Heard of Wilson Phillips. No, no, not 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 fat white girl Wilson Phillips. No, this is Wilson Pickett. Hey, there's uh, only one fat white girl in that band.
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, I derailed everything. <laughs> no, it's <that's> okay. <laughs> 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 stop. <laughs> and stop. And my This is clap. comedy
1: death. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, is, this is comedy cancer. <laughs> quick, quick, hit the leukemia beam. No, not the <laughs> leukemia beam. Hit the radiation beam. <laughs> Oh god, i just imagine like an entire star uh, star trek series where they just like give other ships cancer. <laughs> like you have lymphoma and you have lymphoma and everyone they else lymphoma. Did. Instead of instead yeah. of a phaser they just photon like a cancer patient and blow them up. We're just going like to hit you. we're just going to hit
2: you with radiation and give everybody <laughs> thyroid cancer cuz you know fuck it. Um <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, we like went way off the deep end, but this yeah. song uh this is it's a very famous song. Um, the, guy, the band that did this is called Guy, and they, they're they actually from South Africa, and they, um...
0: Could, it be, could it be Guy? Guy? G-U-Y? I don't um, know. In French, that's Guy. Maybe. Only because I knew... The only reason I know that is because an old, uh, an old, uh, Anaheim Ducks <laughs> goalie was named Guy Ebert. He was French. Yeah, he lived in Tustin for a while. I played street hockey with my Oh. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. I know I know who he is. Guy Ebert.
2: bear. Yeah, he
0: played for the for the Ducks. Guy Herbert, I love that guy Herbert in the net for the Ducks. That herpa derpa guy. herpa yeah. derpa derp. Uh, so anyway, the the listen.
2: music is great. The music if, is great. So if you've got kids at home, a, as a dad, I'll just I'm going to put
0: my stamp of approval on it for this, sure. This movie was like a musical. Like that, that's the, it has a soundtrack. It was it was an animated musical movie. Well. Yeah. It's an animated...
2: So, I think of musicals and kind of... There's, like, two categories. There's a hundred... So, there's a hundred percent musical in which music... Like, the technical term for musical is music propels the story, right? So, like... So, like... Sound of Music. I was going to say uh, S- South Pacific, well, yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. Um, where basically
0: so, all the lines are sung.
2: Where all the lines are sung. Yeah. That is a true class... Uh, West Side Story, where the lines are sung and they... Prop- they propel the story. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually what it is. The music propels the story. This doesn't necessarily do this. This is more like the Disney's 90s music. No, no, I was going to say, it's a musical. It's
1: part of, like, the story. Like, they, the songs kind of matter in a way. Like,
2: you could technically watch this if there's no music, but it, it would it, be a shittier movie. Well,
1: yeah, but. it adds to it. It's yeah. just like, but like, especially nowadays, Disney uses so much music to propel a story. I mean, like, look at Moana or Frozen. Like, yeah. everything's about, like, emotion. It's like they have a scene. There's an emotion. Now there's a song to that.
2: Yeah. Well, I, and it's interesting. I like that you said emotion because especially now, a lot of the Disney, quote, musicals still aren't true musicals. It's not that they're propelling story. They're propelling emotions, emotions. still. Yeah. Like if you watch Moana that came out back in what is it like December, January, or something? It, November. Was it November? Yeah. Uh, Moana November. Moana <laughs> November. Moa November. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, thank you. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. It propels.
2: It propels the emotion, but not the story. story. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is, which is so it's like a Disney musical light. Sort of,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it was supposed to be like a Disney movie,
2: yeah. It, and I think that that they decided to make this because Little Mermaid had done so well, yeah. That's I what remember saying, reading this, that me of Little Mermaid. this, this did actually like that was what they said. They're like, Well, Little Mermaid that brought have made back it. a resurgence of animated film, and so that movie now, came out in 89, 89, and then this movie came out and is supposed to come out in actually in 91, but came out in 92, which means. That they have been working on it for, say, a couple of years before. Well, they, they so the, it's like they decided, you know what?
0: It's finally the time. We yeah, because they, they'd actually been working on this movie for like 15 years or something. Well, the book was written 15 years before. Well, I think they, like, the, the director, Moyer, Goyer late 70s yeah no like he had he had started like the process of making this movie took about a decade the book was written 15 years before you have to like
1: also plan like if they're gonna go for this kind of message you have to hit it at the right time I'm sure there was some type of movement in environmentalism like as this hit because in the 90s yeah in the early 90s everything was about deforestation in the rainforest that was causing like the 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 ozone layer yeah the big thing was the ozone layer and so the rainforest was a huge part of that it's not like nowadays we wouldn't focus on that we focus more on like cars causing emissions well and it's and like it's more nuanced
2: and, now it's like yeah. the science all the peer-reviewed studies show that like things are more nuanced plus two so, we had yeah.
0: cap, we had Captain America in uh, that debuted in 1990 so that could have been like okay now it's time to make it because we've got this cartoon show that's very popular that went on for like six years that I don't remember a Captain America. Captain animation. Planet. Captain. Oh, you Planet. said. Well, you said, said Captain, Captain America. America. I'm
2: sorry. I meant Captain Planet. Well, and I thought Please it was funny hero. you said Captain America because Captain America, Avengers the first Zero. Avenger, the music for that was Alan Silvestri.
0: Oh goddamn it!
2: So yeah, fingers all around. <laughs> suck on it. No, he's flipping uh, this
0: off. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, suck on your finger. No, no. You you so take it. So uh, the
2: the resolution of this movie. Wait, just really quickly, did you guys listen to the credit music?
0: The Elton John
2: music. Elton John yeah. music. Yeah. This was his first encounter with an animated film. He wrote the anime He wrote the song "Some Other World" for this movie, and that was his first time involved in an
0: animated film. No, it wasn't did, did he was write it? Yeah. Did yeah. he write it, or did Bernie Taupin write it? No, he wrote it. Well, oh, Bernie Taupin probably. Yeah, he wrote the music. Bernie. It's Taupin
2: fine.
1: Wrote it. Elton John sang it. Performed. Well, it, well no, because,
2: because cheese the, the, cheese their cheese partnership grew. is one wrote one wrote uh, lyrics and one wrote. Music. music, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it's a collab. I don't know uh, collab. I don't know what their relationship was in like 1990, 91 or whatever. But okay, yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: So, what is the solution to the story? So
2: the the so the the solution movie. to the story is Hexus gets destroyed and put into a tree. That's, that's the it. end. Which Back is into funny, though, no, Because so, like, so like, <laughs> you starts... know what? I just, I just thought of the there's a, a funnier die Captain Planet with uh, Don Cheadle, where he's yes! Captain Planet, and so uh, Hexus gets put into a tree. And all I can think of was tree, tree, tree. <laughs> you're a tree. You're a tree. Fuck it. You're a tree. Yeah. And that's all, <laughs> all I could think of was no. the, Don Cheadle,
0: the so, Don Cheadle scene. I didn't know. They never explained how he got locked into the. tree, I mean, they did. They said that Maggie locked him into the tree a billion years ago or whatever whatever. it was magic yeah with magic and you would assume that when he gets when the 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 climax of the movie happens and and uh krista goes and and does the same thing to it and quote helps it grow yeah that she's doing the same (laughs) thing but then doesn't that mean like they 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 set it up so that he's like defeated and dead but doesn't that Put the, the, if that tree gets cut down again, well, yeah, that's which, the whole
1: point. So they could have a sequel if he did get out. Or well, they and not just that, something. but
2: but it ends in which Zach. It's, like, uh, because Zack was, like, cavalier about the environment. And, he just uh, not I don't think Ralph, he was cavalier. I just don't think it, like, mattered to him. Well, right. So he was just kind of like, whatever. And Ralph and Tony, like, they didn't even think about it. No, it was they, just
0: their job to rape shit. But, like,
2: then they saw okay. Hexus, like, destroy their machine and destroy and everything. And they saw this giant, like, sludge skeleton on fire destroying... Shit! So metal. So yeah, metal. It, it, dude, like, he's hardcore
0: metal. He's like the yeah. cover of a metal album. <laughs> he is hundred percent the cover of a metal album. Just a just a, a, a disembodied skeleton on top of a giant piece of like heavy machine loading equipment. Yeah, yeah. and and he so the way that this Hex-us sounds like a metal band. Hexx or it was Hexxus. Yeah, no, he's that's, a metal that's, band. That's like Dawkin <laughs> Hexus. Let's do it. Hexus.
2: Like, I, I was thinking of Motley crew, Like, with the, yeah. the double dot. Yeah. <laughs> the umlaut? Yeah, the
0: umlaut. Well,
1: I mean, like, ultimately, the whole point was is that together we have to work to, as a group so we can solve the problem, contain the problem, and then Earth will find a way.
2: Well, like, <laughs> I was thinking it was more like like the fairies, like, whatever, they entrapped him, and at the end, Zach has a seed, and he plants it, and yeah. then and then the tree itself grows even further, and it's almost like... So so quote mother nature it's like uh the nature fairies re- do it the fairies represent mother nature and it's like so mother nature is going to grow but you have to nurture it and you have to take care of it and this is your job because this is your planet and i felt like that was like kind of the, the planet tears you can be one, too.
1: Well, my favorite my thing about Zach planet. is that he literally gets huge, takes five steps, plants a seed. Why doesn't he go, like, further away? Where well, they fucking cut down all the trees. <laughs> I know. Trees. I was like, there's still trees here, Zach, dummy. <laughs>
2: Did you notice that the that the seed that they pulled out was from a guava?
1: Yeah, it was a guava. Or, yeah, yeah I think it was a guava for that one. It wasn't a fig. Yeah, there
2: was a lot of figs, too. There was a
1: lot of figs, a lot of guavas, and then some berries that probably was poison. But I was, was like, this badby. is Australia.
2: Why are there figs?
1: I don't know. It That's what weird. it looked like, though. There's
0: a lot yeah, of figs yeah. everywhere. Because Guava... I guess, yeah, or... I don't know.
1: Anyways.
0: So, I don't... So well, one, of the, one of the criticisms <clears throat> that I read about it for this, for this movie is that they... That at the end of the movie, they defeated Hexus. And that made it seem like that pollution was defeated. And if the message was to get to kids that they need to care about the environment, then the message might have been lost because... Hexus was completely defeated by the end of the movie. I didn't see that. Because what I saw was is Hexus was put back into the tree like he
2: was before. The the environment was still destroyed, and Zack then plants a tree, and, and it's essentially like we done fucked up. It's our job to try and fix it. But that's
0: that's what I walked away from it as, but the implica- Even as and I remember as a kid, that's what I walked away from. The it implication, as. though, I think that that people had a problem with was that Hexus was the cause of humans destructive nature well and that, and that was human, something we
2: talked about too because yeah. in the original lyrics to toxic love they allude to and discuss that humans are actually the cause of hexus and his destruction yeah, so yeah.
0: Is, is hexus did hexus come first or did humans create hexus like, i think
2: it's that humans created hexus in fact or that hexus is always like a quote possibility and then human i mean I, we're going too far into it uh, this is a this is a kids environmental movie meant to like brainwash children into recycling. Like that's really what this was.
0: That's really not that bad. Yeah, there could and, be worse things. No,
2: and I have no problem with that at all. Like, like I'm let's not, brainwash I'm not completely... kids into, con, into informed consent. Or, or, or cleaning their room or like, I mean, it's like, okay, I have no problem with any of this. Yeah. So how at, dare you? At the end of the day, this, this was a good movie.
0: Yeah, I, you know, like I said. Usually, when I run into these type of movies or these type of programs in general, where it's it's very preachy, I'm like, "Oh my god, stop preaching at me!" This but is I didn't terrible. mind. I yeah, don't know I if that care. was my it's own nostalgia or not, but I don't care. Well, I had I honestly hadn't seen this movie in, in a in oh okay a, so I hadn't seen this movie in a while, and they're like, yeah, there were some cringy things for me. Like Baddie's rap was a little bit cringy. There were some other things where it was like, ah, but oh, the, the oh, Sheena Easton uh, love song. Oh yeah, they're like they're like bouncing through the the water. A, a dream worth keeping. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was so romantic. They made a heart. You they, didn't catch it. I but didn't totally catch it. They made she, a heart when they were jumping. She told the me. Puddles. She's
0: like, didn't you see the heart? I was like, there was a heart?
1: Yeah, I do remember that vividly, though, as a child. Shapes, you're young, you find them, you're like, yes. I
0: want to, you know, all I could think about in that whole sequence is I wonder what, like, a fairy-human hybrid would look like.
1: Well, oh, that's another thing I have to say. In the very first scene, they showed uh, Maggie and Krista... And they were standing there, and they didn't have their wings. But then, as soon as Krista went out, all of a sudden, everyone you could see their wings. And like she was just standing there, and then all of a sudden, her wings appeared. It was almost I'm like their the wings just kind
2: of like sprouted out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like all of a
1: sudden they exist. But then they then they were out all the rest of the time. And there's though. a
2: couple of like mildly weird
0: vi- like visual hiccups. but like well, you no, know, like like okay, so like
2: but they like, do a good job though for oh, yeah. the most part. You know, the, the thing
0: the thing that I was trying to explain, like I tried to explain sure. over to Kathy. Um, sort of in the moment is... So, Krista is the only one that has a blue aura when she flies. Everyone else has green. Green. Yeah. So, when they go to the tree at the end when Hexus is, like, bearing down on them and maggie like, sacrifices herself and imbues them all with her power... Yeah, she went to Jedi death. Yeah, yeah she, she did. Yeah, she gave all magic. She yeah. turned... She, like, all of them are spinning around in the tree and they turn... They go from green to blue. And I was like, well, maybe that's, you know... Magic had the power of. I thought helping. it was like they got
2: supercharged for like all of five seconds, and then it went away, and now they're back to green. Well, no,
0: so that's what I thought. So in the what happens at the end is, um, so she gives them she gives them her power, and what her power is is to make shit grow. Like she has the power to do to make. But shit she grow said that it. that's everyone's power. But but it was one of those things where it's I almost I was
1: symbolically showing them though.
0: Yeah. Okay. Where it All right. So none of them, she was the only one that would do that. She was the only one that would, her and Krista would make stuff grow. And then at the end, when Krista sort of sacrifices herself, she grabs the seed and flies into Hexus, And then he starts sprouting like leaves and shit. Uh, that's when Pip goes up and he goes, come on, we got to help it grow. And they use that power to like, like help the, the tree grow and turn into a tree. And it yeah. captures Hexus. But then they're still green. They're not blue anymore. Well,
1: I don't think they have to stay like that forever. I think it was just more symbolic. Like, now they have the power or, like, they now realize they have the power and now they're using it. I don't think that your aura has to change from there on
0: out. To me, it was like a visual cue where they were, before, they were not, they didn't have the power. And then afterwards, (laughs) they had the power, but then it went back to the first visual cue. So it, it was Maybe. just it was weird for me. Like I feel like they should have just kept them blue because then they were all like they all had the ability to well, help no, stuff grow. No, because Krista has blue. She needs to stand what out. What we needed was a visual signifier to tell us who the who the hero was. Yes. that was why. I- and and that would have been great because then. All of them would be the hero. That means
2: all of us. Yeah, they, but Kristen's extra hero.
0: special. Yeah, she's so. got that
1: really tiny waist, the black hair, and the and the, and the
0: nice butt, and yeah. all that. So, so she's oh, yeah. the most special. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, they, yeah. So the the way they animate her, by the way, super tiny waist, big old butt, and yeah, it, it's very like unrealistic, uh, like depiction hashtag of hashtag a woman. Yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> Aside from aside from Krista's like uh, physical she was very like she
1: heroin chic is what she was yeah yeah like her she had,
2: unreal- the, she had the big hair she had so the big despite her unrealistic hair look uh, I would say this movie is worth
0: watching yeah I would yeah, right? so I would definitely good. recommend it yeah so and I, and did, so so Eleanor loved liked the whole movie or loves did she just- the whole movie okay I mean she especially Hexus she's
2: she doesn't even know his name is Hexus she calls him Toxic Love
1: <laughs> <laughs> appropriate.
2: So she'll just ask for toxic love. I and wonder- I go, Do you want the whole movie or just a song? And she'll tell me which one she wants. Sometimes it's the whole movie, sometimes it's just a song. But part of me she's wonders, on board for sure. Part
0: of me wonders if we're just creating weird fetishes in your daughter for later <laughs> on. Maybe. I mean, it's like.
1: Well, time will only tell. We time will only 10 tell. We 15 years to figure out what's going to happen.
2: I mean, she, she watches Dragon Ball and loves Master Roshi, so I, I don't know what he's a pervert. Bit. Yeah, so the old man pervert. <laughs> I. She's I don't know like what the show
0: is. She them.
1: also thinks she's Sailor Moon. So there's also that side. She's like a ditzy girl
0: with a lot of powers. Yeah, the, I don't know. The power by the power of the moon, I call on Shenron. <laughs> yeah, eternal Dragon. I'm going to have a
2: very confused <laughs> adult child later. At least she's uh, not a weeaboo. Oh uh, no. Not <laughs> not allowed. Not so either. so what's what are we recording next week? It's um Flight of Dragons, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, Kathy won't be here for that, but um <clears> I haven't seen it
0: I'm dying! <laughs>
1: Sean's dying. *Why <laughs> Dragons is terrible. Hexes. It's so bad. I hate to say it. It's one of Sean's favorite movies as a child, but I was like watching it the whole time. I was like, this is a train wreck.
2: Well, we're gonna watch it for next week and we're gonna see if it's any good. <coughs>
0: <coughs> Hexus got me. <laughs>
2: And, uh, and I haven't seen it since I was a kid, and we'll see if it's any good or not. But I think that'll do it for this episode. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So,
0: special thanks to Kathy
2: for joining us today. Yay! We're also going to have a special guest in a couple weeks. Uh, we won't say who it is yet, but we ha- we have somebody else coming in a couple of weeks. Yes. and And we'll see how that goes, too, but... But I think that'll do it for this episode. Yeah. And
0: if you like this episode, please rate us five stars on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to talk to us, you can always message us on Twitter. Our username is at RemasteredCast.
1: And mine's at Seaface. At C-Face. C-Face. F-A-C-E.
0: Yeah. If you want to talk to Kathy.
2: Yeah, she'll she'll respond to you probably. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if you're <laughs> nice. worthy. Yeah, if you're worthy. If I approve of it, no. no we, I'm we have a Facebook. You can just search "Childhood Remastered." We're on there too. We'll respond there as well. If you want to do old timey email, old
0: timey email. Send us an email.
2: Yeah, just get out your AARP card and and send in your bank info to that African prince, need, and we'll we'll help you. If so, you need an
0: AOL disk, I can send you one of those.
2: Oh god, so many AOL discs. I had a buddy.
0: Uh, I had a buddy that uh, decorated his wall with them. He hot glue gunned them to his wall. Perfect. We used, we used perfect. to go. We used to go into Blockbuster Video and we would just grab all of them and then he would put them upon his wall. Well, they're free, so yeah, yeah. And uh, then uh, our music is uh, John Howarth. John Howarth. Yeah, the song is called Nascent um, You can check out a link to his SoundCloud on our website. Yeah, his music is great. And then um, uh, that's it for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, until next time, uh, this has been Sean. And Chris.
1: And Kathy. And
0: Kathy. And uh, this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time.